17 minutes it is before 9 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We are under the microscope this evening, and uh, this evening we shine a spotlight on the tourism sector. Now, I think since the lockdown started, uh, all of us would be familiar with the devastating impact on uh, tourism revenues uh, for businesses large and small uh, that have been decimated by the restrictions on movement that have come with the lockdown. And uh, we also saw uh, in that contestation, of course, uh, as was expected, Many of these entities went to the government, pleaded for some relief, and the government then came back and said, no, but there's conditions um, to this. You know, if you're, a, um, I guess, a, an entity that doesn't qualify as a small business, then you need to meet certain transformation obligations, as we encourage people to do in this country, right? And then the problem started. Um, people kicked up a storm. And uh, at the announcement of the Tourism Equity Fund, we also then heard of lobby groups, Solidarity and Afri Forum, who then approached the Pretoria High Court. And uh, they uh, yeah, argued on Friday that uh, the 1.2 billion rand Tourism Equity Fund is unlawful, uh, not because I guess they had issues with it in this case, but because they felt that uh, it, its establishment could not go ahead until uh, 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 permission or ascension, I guess, from Trade, Industry and Competition Minister Ibrahim Patel had been uh, 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 gotten as required by law. And they said the fund is unlawful also in terms of the Tourism Sector Code and the broad-based Black Economic Empowerment Act, as well as the Constitution, because what it amounts to is unfair discrimination on the basis of its exclusion of white participants in the scheme. Now, the community constituency at NEDLAC, which is one of our uh, Apex Social Dialogue institutions, yes, is saying that these lobby groups must uh, desist from gatekeeping against transformation and inclusive economic participation. And I'm joined this evening by the overall convener of the community constituency at NEDLAC, Tulani Chefut. And Klegaz, good evening to you and welcome. Tulani? Hey, we seem to be battling with Tulani's line there. Uh, let's try and re-establish our connection there with the overall convener of the community constituency at need like uh, Tulani Chefuta. Tulani Chefuta, I certainly hope I have you on a much better line. Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm Tlakas Gunjan. So, as we were kicking things off, I mean, I was just explaining the context of some of the uh, wranglings here around uh, relief measures for the tourism sector, and in particular now uh, with the advent of the Tourism Equity Fund uh, contest reaching uh, the Tswane High Court. Uh, as the community constituency at Nedlak, you've come out and said, this is gatekeeping and uh, effectively, I guess, uh, stalling progress on the economic reconstruction and recovery program. Yes, indeed. We had to be counted as part of the solution in the unfolding debacle. We could not afford to fold our arms and watch a very critical instrument like the Tourism Equity Fund being pulled uh, down even before it, it, it takes off. Fundamentally, I, uh, the community constituency at NEDLEC as the voice of civil society. We have been party to the discussions of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. Mm. One of the things we insisted on in those discussions was that the, the economic reconstruction and recovery plan must not only build the confidence of the investors to come and invest in the economy, but we argued that 
we also need to build the confidence of the people themselves in order to see that they are indeed represented in this by this re- economic reconstruction and recovery plan that when its planned activities are presented they can basically identify that at the lowest levels of the economy in the most marginalized of areas those people can wake up and be linked to uh, opportunities of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan we identified tourism as one of those critical sectors that have not only been uh, 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 had as heat by COVID-19, mm. but as one of those sectors that also holds the hope of the majority of the people, because tourism on its own is, is, is a labor-intensive sector of the economy. Mm. And so if you implement measures on the other side of COVID, that do not only position our people as consumers of tourism products and services, but you position them to grow together with the sector on the other side. And we then told ourselves that when instruments that present those opportunities where people, especially women and the youth, can find opportunities of growing with the sector. Mm. And we have institutions like AfriForum and and Solidarity challenging that. And we said, no, it cannot be. Because it goes to challenge. It basically seeks to postpone the participation of the majority on the economic activities Mm. of the Mm. tourism sector. Mm. Mr. Chavut, I want us to pause here for a second. So when we come back, uh, I want us to maybe unpack some of the arguments that uh, AfriForum and Solidarity is making here. And in particular, the argument, uh, which is more intergovernmental relations issue, that, um, you know, uh, before this uh, tourism equity fund was set up, it should have uh, uh, received the go-ahead from the Trade, Industry and Competition Minister, uh, Minister Ibrahim Patel. And we'll take a look at that after this break. We're under the microscope uh, this evening here on Metro FM Talk, and uh, I'm in conversation with the community constituency's overall convener at uh, Nedlak, Tulani Chefuta. We're talking about the Tourism Equity Fund and, uh, uh, of course, the legal challenge here from lobby groups Solidarity and Afri Forum, uh, who argued in the Tswane High Court on Friday that uh, the 1.2 billion rand uh, Tourism Equity Fund... um, uh, should not have been established and is unlawful because it hadn't received go-ahead from the DTIC and uh, for all manner of other, uh, I guess, equity and BE-related considerations. But, Mr. Chevron, let's maybe start off here, I guess, with the uh, with the issue around getting go-ahead from the DTIC before we get into some of the more sensitive uh, uh, transformation and broad-based black economic empowerment issues. What do you make of this particular ag- argument um, in your reading, I guess, of what the legislation suggests uh, that uh, ostensibly they are drawing from? Well, uh, we we see the argument as basically uh, an unnecessary delay on the implementation of this intervention. Let, let me tell you, Aya, and the listeners, what our inclination is towards implementing interventions of this nature. We believe that the reason why South Africa continues to receive accolades of having the best policies but very poor implementation, it is precisely because of the same reasons. When a strategic decision is being taken, resources are available, the need has been ascertained. Why should we go up around in circles wanting to satisfy our egos 
uh, instead of just going into implementation. Our view is that in order to undo these unnecessary and uh, uh, hollow accolades that we receive about good policies but for implementation, we must allow a South African society that opens itself up to be able to test success of implementation through direct implementation. So we believe that if there are any lessons that should be drawn in improving the equity fund and any other intervention, the best teacher will be experience that can only be drawn from the implementation experiences. And so we do not believe that uh, 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 the argument is uh, holding water. When people are waiting, we are, we are in a disaster here, I we don't have the luxury of time of going back and forth intergovernmentally or even whether it's a horizontal integration or, 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 or vertical uh, uh, coordination within de- uh, departments. The instrument itself is responding to a disaster. And if indeed we are responding to a disaster, our response cannot behave as if we have the luxury of time. Mm, mm. And so we do not uh, believe that uh, people who would argue like that are people who argue from the luxury of privilege that many of the constituency we represent do not have. Mm, mm. Talk to me about uh, what you make of this uh, allegation of unfair discrimination. Um, and I say that in the context of their suggestion that, you know, some of the people who work ostensibly in these firms that won't be getting the relief or can't access this fund are effectively black people and ostensibly or unintentionally you're also affecting, you know, their ability to earn a livelihood. Aya, our argument uh, is that the fund in its design and implementation is not 100% perfect. There will be gaps here and there. But what we are arguing is that let's allow it to test the market through implementation. Mm. And out of implementation, some of the issues that may come up never mind substantive issues of the design of the fund itself. There may even be administrative issues. And so practical experiences that people have in attempting to access the fund will then be able uh, to teach us what are the adjustments that need to be made in the design and the implementation of the fund itself. As it is now, we are satisfied that the absolute majority of those who have been on the margins of the sector will be able to be brought in. Fundamentally, what we are arguing is that you have women who work even in the lowest levels of the tourism sector. You have young people who enter even uh, on an informal basis in the tourism sector. They do have ideas. They do work, they do actually participate in some activities, but they are not able to graduate to levels where they are not just uh, general laborers. They are not just uh, 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 passive consumers of these products and services. So we see the Tourism Equity Fund as graduating those people from standing in the queue of looking for employment when they actually have ideas into being in the boardroom and in the table, in the ownership and the management of those enterprises. And so that is the opportunity that is being presented by the Tourism Equity Fund. And so what we cannot accept 
is that the, for any intervention that is implemented by government must be a Vela's book, mm. a free for all. Anyone can wake up and access. Mm. You run a risk, Aya, of having people who actually can afford the, to run their enterprises, mm. waking up, accessing these funds at the expense of those who truly desperate this, sure. desperately need these interventions. The 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 the, the tariff uh, payments from UIF are a practical example of this. That you have employers who could still afford to pay their employees, mm. applying for those monies, getting the monies, and keeping the monies in their bank accounts, and saying we will play a, a wait and see because anyway we are paying these mm. employees, mm. and now they have to pay back that money, and that is the level of greed that we are dealing with in the face of poverty that is facing so many people who could have used those resources to start other different forms of enterprises mm. that could provide solutions to the challenges of households and communities sure. and thereby draw income for themselves and their households. We must not be naive here. The, the intervention which is targeted to BEE beneficiaries is not on its own goodwill to the black majority. Those who are captains of industry today must accept that if you continue to keep the majority of the citizens, black youth and being women, on the margins of the economy, that is on its own not sustainable, not only for our economy, but for the essence of our democracy. Because those who are on the margins will come closer to the window and see what is happening in this dining room. And when they cannot wait any longer for the handouts to go out of the window and out of the door, they will basically push through. And when that happens, it will be a sad day in South Africa. And so it is not sustainable for those who continue to live on the privilege of the previous benefits and those who think that because they are comfortable they can make claims like Afri Forum and Solidarity mm. are making. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll certainly have to be uh, following this particular one closely as uh, the legal challenges unfold. But uh, unfortunately, we have to leave it here. And thank you for taking time out uh, to speak to us this evening. And uh, yeah, I mean, certainly a tough one here, the story of the Tourism Equity Fund, because it's a critical part of uh, the uh, pursuit of mass social employment as part of the Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Program. And uh, we're going to be watching quite closely how the cookie crumbles on that particular one. But we're going to have to leave it here, folks. Uh, economy.